0: We live in the day of the 24-hour news cycle, and most of what we hear is bad news. With a steady stream of evil reports, it is easy to forget that God has provided good news in a bad world, and that good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, we join Scott Pauley as he opens God's Word to remind us of God's good news, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and how that good news not only encourages us as believers, but is also the message this unbelieving world desperately needs. Let's join Scott now.
1: Every man and every ministry is marked by something. It's distinguished by certain identifiable characteristics And when you look at the ministry and life of the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, there are many, and they're all perfect. He's perfect in every way. They said, never a man spake like this man. They watched his power and said, we've never seen it on this fashion before. But one of the marks of the ministry of Jesus Christ was that he preached the gospel, but specifically that he preached the gospel to the poor, Listen to Luke chapter number four. Now, we've, we've listened to evangelist Matthew. We've listened to evangelist Mark. Now we're going to listen to evangelist Luke. Uh, just a little footnote, John is the only one of the four gospel writers, uh, the only one of the four gospel evangelists that opened the New Testament for us that does not specifically use the word gospel. But I would argue his entire writing is is a summation of the gospel. In fact, perhaps the greatest summary gospel verse in the whole Bible is found in John chapter 3 and verse number 16. So uh, one gospel, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But each of these men had their own way of articulating it. But Luke, uh, though some of the other authors mention this, references this twice. Listen to Luke chapter number 4. Uh, the Bible says in verse seventeen of the Lord Jesus, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he'd found when he'd opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I've always thought this was was interesting because you imagine it was a giant scroll, this prophet of Isaiah, but he went right to the place. How did he know the place? He wrote it. <laughs> so the author of this prophecy is standing right in front of them, reading, Think of this, the living word reading the written word. And what does he read? The Bible specifically gives us this, this portion of Scripture from Isaiah, beginning in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This is, to me, one of the most fascinating uh, events in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the fulfillment of everything that was foretold. But notice carefully. He says the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. Can I tell you what the Holy Spirit wants to do? The Holy Spirit wants to preach the gospel. If a person says they are filled with the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and they don't want to witness, and they don't want to tell others about Jesus Christ, they don't want to speak of salvation, I tell you that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. No, my friend, the Holy Spirit came to lift up Jesus. The Holy Spirit's ministry is the spirit of truth to to shed light in a dark world, to give good news in a bad world. And so the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, anointing him, and he gives a list, and there are a lot of great things on the list. We want to jump to healing the brokenhearted and delivering the captives and recovering sight to the blind and setting at liberty them that are bruised. But it's interesting, he begins and ends with preaching. The first thing on the list and the last thing on the list is preaching, like bookends. It's all preaching. Oh, this world needs preaching, friends. Now, there's been such a diminishing of preaching. But God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe, the Bible says. is not our method of choice. This is the Lord's method of choice. And so it, it works in every age, in every dispensation, in every nation, and in every generation. People need preaching. And specifically, they need the preaching of the gospel. He begins in verse 18, To say, he's anointed me to preach the gospel, and then in verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I love this. So the Lord Jesus came in the fullness of time to present the gospel to all people. But he specifically gives this phrase, to preach the gospel to the poor. Please don't miss this. We're not talking about some social gospel that simply says, we want to make uh, poor people's lives better. There's no doubt we should give to the poor. We should help. We should support. We should do what we can to relieve needs all around us. Uh, as a matter of fact, James says one of the marks of pure religion and undefiled is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and keep yourself unspotted from the world. So I, I'm convinced that there are relational things that are evidences of a true faith, that pure religion Uh, will be demonstrated in the love that we show for other people. But we're not trying to make this world a better place from which people can go to hell. You could take a poor man and make him a wealthy man, but he could still be lost without Jesus Christ. The idea here is not just that he's trying to help the poor people have better lives. Rather, I think there are a couple of very important applications. The first is this, that often it is the poor who are most open and receptive to the gospel. Maybe because they're dealing with so much evil and so much bad uh, that they're, they're looking, they're searching for hope. Don't ever forget that. When you see people who are hurting, folks talk about the down and out. But for the grace of God, every one of us would be there. When you see someone like that, uh, instead of looking down on them or instead of just simply having pity on them, have enough of the love of God to give them the gospel. Look, the gospel changes everything. The gospel is the beginning of good news. It's good news for time and for eternity. That's why even in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, it was not a lot of wealthy people who followed him. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. You see, very often the the rich, the wealthy think they got it all together. They don't need God. And so we must concentrate on reaching the poor. And by the way, there's a lot of poverty still in this world, Uh, maybe close to where you live, but certainly in other parts of the world. So if your ministry is going to be marked like Jesus was marked, you can't neglect the poor. This idea of trying to reach the the trendy and the wealthy and the the top classes of society and uh, build a church around that, I tell you, that's never Jesus' way. Jesus went after the poor. But I also believe there's a tremendous spiritual application. Do you remember in another place Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit? For well, there's the kingdom of God. In other words, you have to become poor to be saved. I don't mean you've got to give all your money away. I mean by that you've got to stop thinking you're rich and wealthy and have everything you need. You've got to come to the end of yourself to realize you need the true riches that are only found in Jesus Christ. We're not talking about money. We're talking about the riches of glory. We're not talking about material truth here. We're talking about spiritual truth. In fact, we are all poor. Some people just haven't realized it yet. And Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. Remember I said to you that that Luke mentioned this twice? Well, just three chapters later in Luke chapter number seven when John the Baptist sent and said, are you really the one that we've been waiting for? Do we look for somebody else? Verse 22, Jesus answering said to them, go your way and tell John what things you've seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. To the poor, the gospel is preached. Is it a miracle that blind people see and lame people walk and lepers are cleansed and deaf hear and the dead are raised? Certainly. But I tell you, it is just as much a miracle that to the poor, the God of all riches sends good news, sends the gospel. Oh, friend, the miraculous work of salvation takes place everywhere the gospel is preached. In fact, I think the greatest miracle of all is that a saved, or that a sinner, rather, can become a saved person, that a person in darkness can enter into light, that those in a bad world can receive the good news. May the Lord help us to be marked by that same ministry and message on this day. The Apostle
0: Paul wrote in the book of Romans that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Thank God for the transforming power of the gospel of His dear Son. And may this truth stir our heart as we seek to impact those within our influence with the good news of Jesus Christ. For additional resources on the gospel, we invite you to visit Scott's YouTube channel and view the playlist on the sermon series entitled, The Joy of the Gospel. These four Bible messages were given in a revival meeting and they will surely be an encouragement and help to you as you live a life focused on God's good news. And until next time, we hope you will enjoy the journey.